I just have one verse, and then we're going to jump to the book of Acts. You ready for this? Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Here it is. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Let's read that again. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is what I want you to get. The Holy Spirit didn't just suddenly show up in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit didn't just suddenly show up in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit has been there since the very beginning because the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God in three parts. Don't have time to, to dissect that much further, but I just, I just want to point that out. We've been talking about what does it look like to be a Jesus-centered, Spirit-filled church. And I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit's been there all along. In fact, it's interesting, as you study the Old Testament, and you see how the Holy Spirit worked. You see how the Holy Spirit moved on those in the Old Testament. Uh, when, when, and and this, is, this is what, what we see, and this might even be in the notes. Uh, in the seat backs in front of you, or maybe in the seats underneath you, if you're in the front row, there'll be a little set of notes, and there'll be some blanks. And if you don't fill in those blanks, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight. So, let me help you. Get there, all right? Grab those notes, grab the pen, and, and I think there's a couple places. If not, then you can just doodle, but here, here's what I want to say. When God chooses to use people greatly, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. Let me say this again. When God chooses, oh, by the way, have you seen the new screen? Some of you are like, you didn't even notice. I just had no idea. I, you missed the green wall. Whole story real quick. Um, like right middle of August, whenever it was, Matt Holloway came in one Monday morning and our screen was literally laying on the floor, just laying there. It had fallen out of the ceiling. How about that? And so, uh, yeah, because of a lot of different reasons, it took us a while, but yeah, beautiful. Okay, when God chooses to use people greatly, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. And we see that in the Old Testament. Yesterday, I did a funeral for Gary Fisher. Gary and Terry were a part of our church in the early days. And uh, really integral. And, and, um, and I, as soon as, even before they asked me if I would do the, the funeral for them, it was like the Holy Spirit just dropped a thought into my mind about Gary. And it's that he's a Bezalel. Gary was very gifted. I mean, he was very strategic in helping us uh, build our very first building. But he, is, he was a gifted craftsman. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And, and as you look at Bezalel, I just want you to see this. Exodus chapter 31, verse 2. Look on the screen. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God so that he can prophesy and preach and take the place of Moses. Is that what it says? No. I'm going to fill him with the Spirit of God so that he can have skill and ability and knowledge and all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze and to, to cut and set stones to work in wood and to gauge in all kinds of craftsmanship. You see, God wants to fill us with the Spirit just to accomplish what it is our giftings are in. Let me, let me keep going with this because what I want you to see, though, is the Holy Spirit came on Bezalel, Joseph. Joseph was, was, was given, not Joseph Mary's 
uh, like New Testament, I'm talking Old Testament Joseph. Joseph was given the spirit to enable him to function effectively in Pharaoh's court. Look at this in Genesis 41, 38. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Let me tell you what it looked like in the Old Testament. What it looked like was this. God wanted to use someone supernaturally and powerfully. And so the Holy Spirit would, (laughs) the Holy Spirit would begin to blow on that person, blow on that person, blow on that person. And it's awesome because the Holy Spirit was, was around in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit didn't just show up in the book of Acts, but the way we see the Holy Spirit working in the Old Testament is God would come on Bezalel, would come on, would come on. In fact, there's a bunch of judges. The Bible specifically says that they were full of the Spirit of God. There was Othniel, there was Gideon, there was Jephthah, even Samson. The Holy Spirit came on them to accomplish the work. Oh, but then there was the prophet Joel. 800 some years before Jesus even came to the picture, Joel prophesied. This is what he said. He said, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It's not just going to be, God God said through him, it's not just going to be a right here and right here, an individual anointing, an individual Holy Spirit coming on. It's going to turn into like a blanket outpouring. Like, let's kick these furnaces on and let's get the wind blowing in here. Because it's going to touch all of us today. Joel prophesied, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's not just going to come on individuals, but there's going to be a blanket outpouring. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. This is what was going to happen. Jesus spoke of this many times in the gospel. John the Baptist, look at this. Matthew chapter three, verse 11. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So here's the question. Did Jesus do that? Did he baptize us and baptize people in the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is, oh yeah, yes. You go to the book of Acts and you see it. You see it begin to happen right there. Um, in fact, Peter even used, because you remember on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when they were all speaking in tongues and, and people recognized their languages and they're like, I don't know what's going on in that upper room up there, but I <laughs> thought they must be drunk or something because, I mean, it's kind of early in the morning, but they're already, they're already sloshed. And what did Peter say? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not drunk. They're not drunk. And in fact, to, to, to um, quote the, the great prophet Carmen, <clears throat> we're not drunk as you suppose. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you don't know who Carmen is, you need to, uh, just, you need to get into Christian music alone from the 80s, 90s genre. And, but um, he had a song about that. But, but he said, they're not drunk. This is like, Peter says this. Read it in Acts chapter 2. He takes Joel, what Joel prophesied, and said, this is that. This is what Joel prophesied. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon. Why? Why did this have to happen? Well, do you remember Acts chapter 1 verse 8? And you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part. Because God wants to use his people. In fact, we've been saying it this way, which I I, I like this. I think this is in your notes. The Spirit of God 
wants to empower the church of God to minister like the Son of God. The Spirit of God wants to empower the church of God, that's us, to minister like the Son of God. Listen, you'll never be Jesus. Let's be clear. You're not going to be Jesus. None of us can ever redeem people from their sins. All those but when you begin to see how Jesus ministered in the, in the Gospels, and you see that he not only taught and he gave them uh, words of this is how you live, this is how uh, um, a believer would live and take up your cross and follow me, that type of thing. But he also demonstrated. It was both and. And that's what we see continued on in the book of Acts. And Jesus told the disciples, listen, before Acts chapter two ever happened, he said, before you go any further, wait, stay here. Because I want to come upon you with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to come upon you, on you, and empower you. And so that's why they waited. And, and I would say for all of us here today, it's the exact same thing. God wants to empower you. Will you allow him? Will you, will you, will you let him? Um, God desires for you and I to do the stuff. You tired of that illustration yet? Do you want to do the stuff? I mean, I, I've been sharing this illustration with you for several, even months at this point. Um, but just, just the, the idea that, that God didn't save you just so that you could watch other people, maybe your pastors or the staff or the elders, do, to do the stuff. God wants to use you to do the stuff. He wants to use you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He wants to use you to, to say, wait a minute, there's some, something happening here that's like, I know what you're saying, but you distinguish the spirit behind it. And in the name of Jesus, we, we want to pray that you're going to have victory and you're going to breakthrough here. I mean, God wants to use you, all of us, empower us to do the stuff. <laughs> and that's why we've been talking um, uh, about the, the supernatural spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12. You know, it was in Acts chapter 18, actually, you don't have to turn there, but in Acts chapter 18, the apostle Paul, and it seems like somebody else was with him. Forgive me, I've been, but here's, he, he went to Corinth and he established the church. He started the church. So he went to Corinth. He started the church. This is great. So there's this, there's this city called Corinth. They needed God desperately. He went, and the Bible says in, in that chapter that he had spent, he spent some significant time there. After a while, he left. He moved on. You know, he's on his missionary journeys. And he, he's, he's poured into them. But now he's gone, and they're doing some things. As he's, the apostle Paul's like, are you kidding me? I can't believe this. And thus we have 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. And so Paul writes this letter to the 1 Corinthians and says, you guys, you're out of whack. You guys, I mean, you just, and he gives some instruction. And even in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, he helps even to give us a theology for much of what we see happening in the supernatural in the book of Acts. Are you following me here? So, so um, what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit there are different kinds of service but the same lord different kinds of working but the same god works all of them in all men not each one of the manifestations manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good the, these gifts aren't so you can stand up there and say ah uh, look at me got a prophetic word right now or ah uh, look at me look at me i've got a supernatural power i'm gonna be moving in right now just take a look no, they're, they're, not, they're not for that. 
Paul eventually says, listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is right in the middle of this. What do we call that? The love chapter, right? I mean, if you don't have love, who cares if you can speak in tongues? Who cares if you can prophesy? But if you're not doing it with the fruit of the spirit of love and of patience and kindness and gentleness, it's all for naught. You might as well just zip the lip and go home. So it's for the common good. It's for all of us. It's not to uplift me. It's the common good. Uh, now to each one of the message of the Spirit, it's for common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. I'm going to talk about that today. To another the message of knowledge. Ah, I'm going to talk about that today. By means of the same Spirit. Keep going. To another faith. We've already talked about this. To another gifts of healing. Notice the S. Gifts of healing. We've talked about that. If you're wanting to listen to any of these, you can listen to the past two weeks on YouTube or our website. Um, YouTube might be more up to date. But to another prophecy, to another distinction between spirits, to another, I'm going to talk about that. To another speaking different kinds of tongues, talked about that last week. To still another, the interpretation of those tongues. Um, these are all, these are nine gifts. I've talked about six of them today. We want to talk about three more, and then we're going to move on to something else, but we're going to stay in this book of Acts. But I want to talk to you today about the message of wisdom. The message of wisdom. Let's talk about that. What is it? What is the message of wisdom? Before I get any further, let me just say this. I was taught growing up, I was even taught in Bible college, that what these gifts, what it was like is like, oh, there's someone, and you have the gift of prophecy, or you have the gift of a message of knowledge. You have the gift of, you have the gift of. When I see 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I study this extensively, I don't see that. I see that all nine of these gifts if you're born again and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you can move in any of these gifts. In my life, there may be a certain one of these nine that because of your personality, because of where God's put you, the way God's made you, that you might flow in that gift more often than the other ones. But I'm just telling you, every one of these gifts is for every one of you whenever the Holy Spirit knows that you need it. So, um, having said that, what's the message of wisdom? Well, take a look on the screen. This is how we're going to define it. The message of wisdom applies the revelation of God's word, scripture, or the Holy Spirit's wisdom to a specific situation or a problem. So, let me just say this. All of us have wisdom. In fact, this was one of the issues with, in 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but one of the issues that, 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 that um, Paul even said in chapter 2, verse 12, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. We've received wisdom from the Holy Spirit through our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the same idea in James chapter 1, verse 5. Look at this. If any of you lacks wisdom... You should just ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault. It'll be given to him. So let me, let me just tell you, um, let's not dumb down the spiritual gifts. There, there is wisdom. Any of us that have lived for a while, we have life experience, we've learned from those things, there ought to be wisdom that we have, right? This gift, message of, of wisdom, is different than that. And let me help you understand that and see that. Um, this, is, this is what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit gives wisdom from the scripture and applies it to a specific situation. Jesus, do we see this? You know, it's, it's interesting to see these gifts alive in Jesus. Of course, he was fully God, yet fully man. So, but he's fully God, of course. I mean, he moved in these gifts and he moves in these gifts. Uh, and the Bible says all throughout that he, even as a young child, he had amazing, amazing understanding 
Um, uh, uh, on and on and on it says that about him. But let's jump to the disciples because I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 15. Can you turn in your Bibles to that? Acts chapter 15. Look with me for a second here. Here is the big, the big debate. Should Gentiles be circumcised? Okay, wonderful topic. Um, but they were debating this because all the Jews, this was part of the, the old covenant. And so circumcision was a huge piece to them. And, and, and so, and so um, they're like, when the Gentiles, people who aren't Jews, when they get saved, should this be? And there was big debate in the church, going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And so Peter doesn't surprise us. Peter steps up in Acts chapter 15 and he begins to teach and say something and it's good. It's good. And then look at verse 12. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the stuff that happened in their ministry. So Barnabas and Paul are talking. Peter, kind of the, one of the big leaders in the church, maybe the biggest leader in the church, he speaks. Barnabas and Paul speaks. You study this. You look at this and this is what I get. This is what I gather and then there's James. Look, look how it says, um, verse 13, when they had finished, it's almost like you get an idea like, okay, everyone that was going to talk, talked. Everyone that should talk was talking. Everyone that was talking, talking, they talked. Okay, everyone talked. But it's almost like James was just like, ah, oh, should I say something or should I not? Have you ever been there? You kind of feel like maybe the Lord's put something on your heart to share, but you're not quite sure, and you're just kind of going back and forth. You're just... That's what I see. And James finally, look at it. Um, when they finished, James finally, he spoke up. He said, brothers, listen to me. I got something. I feel like this is from God. I got to share this with you. Simon has described to us, Simon Peter, as to how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. And then he shares some scriptures, a word of of wisdom from the scriptures that applied to the situation. It was from the, the prophet Amos. So he takes the scripture and he reads that. He goes on to explain why he believes we should not uh, require circumcision along with everyone. But this is what I want you to get. There was a word of wisdom. It wasn't like, I, I don't think James went into that meeting thinking, okay, if I get a chance to speak, what would I say? No, it was, it was in the midst of that, God took a scripture and applied it to that situation, taking a portion of scripture or the Holy Spirit knowledge and applying it to a particular situation. Has this ever happened to you? Where you're like, I don't even remember reading that scripture before. Or I haven't read that scripture in a long time, but all of a sudden, as I was praying and seeking God about a situation, all of a sudden I just had this word of wisdom, this message of wisdom. Maybe you didn't even know it was a spiritual gift, but it happened. I remember one time for us, when uh, Tate, our, our middle, middle daughter, was in the hospital, and, and she, she had the flu. You know, you know how horrible it is when your kids are sick and they're just flopping on the couch and they're not doing anything and they're just lethargic. And she's like six years old, seven years old. Megan could probably tell the story a whole lot better than I could. But, but she's just sitting there in the, in, in sick, and I think we called the doctor on call, which is like the code word for come on into the hospital. And, and I, you know, I'm not all the time, but I'm, I, was, I was glad they were on call. And, and so we went to the ER. You and I both know what happens at the ER. They're going to do their job is to try to do every single test, every possible thing they can do to try to figure it out. I don't, that's what they're there for. But we went there because we felt like she was sick enough with the flu, whatever, and we needed to do. And so they gave her an IV and started pumping her full. And, and you know, it's one of those things where you, your kids, like, can barely drink, doesn't want to eat, you know, that type of a thing. 
And then after a while, it's okay. What we want Tate to do is to drink this black sludge. Well, that's what I called it. They had another term for it. But drink this black sludge, and and then after you drink, it'll go through a system, and then we can take pictures and all this kind of stuff. And you know, it it was almost instantaneous, both of us at the same time. Megan, as um, she spoke up quicker, and, 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 and she said, I don't think we need to do that. I mean, we were all praying there. I mean, we're in the ER and we're trusting that God's going to lead the doctors and nurses, whatever. But can I tell you, it was in just in one moment, just in, just like this, just one moment. Suddenly we realized, you know what? I don't think we need to do that. I, I just have a sense we don't need to do that. And so we talked it over and, and, and really quickly we just made the decision. I don't think we need to go there for whatever reason. We're here. We've, we've got the fluids, whatever, and, and I can tell you, just in a matter of, uh, uh, I think it was less than 24 hours, she turned the corner and she got better in the whole thing. But th- this is what I want you to get. Do you know, even in those simple little things like everyday life of ministering to your kids, um, uh, interacting with your wife, your husband, interacting with people at work, God can give you a word of wisdom, a word of, a, a thought of wisdom of how can I deal with this situation in this time. You know, uh, the Bible doesn't say when, when thine's co-worker goes nutso, <clears throat> thou shalt kick them in thine shin and no. <laughs> the Bible doesn't, I, I, where does it say what to do when your co-worker is annoying you or your co-worker has a, a issue? You know what, what it does say? is that you can trust him, you can call upon him, you, if you need wisdom, ask. And, and if you've got a difficult situation at your work right now, can I just encourage you? Ask the Lord specifically, Lord, would you give me a word of wisdom? I don't wanna hate that person, and I'm struggling. I don't want, that person drives me nuts. Or maybe it's a, it's a relationship, it's a friendship. You've had this friendship for a long time and now all of a sudden it's kind of, it's, in, uh, it's going back. Maybe it's in your family with your kids. You just need a word of wisdom. Ask him and he'll give it. Let's keep moving. Message of knowledge. There's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, message of knowledge, different versions, same differently. But what is, what is message of knowledge? Let's look at this. When the Holy Spirit gives you knowledge about people, circumstances, or biblical truth, this is knowledge you had no information on previously. Oh, Jesus has a humdinger. John chapter four. This is almost the perfect example of this. Uh, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he read her mail. He knew, I mean, he's God, of course he knew this, but I think this is a perfect example of, of a, a gift of this. He said, go call your husband and come back. And then verse 17, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. Ding, 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 ding. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. And when, what he said is, is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Uh, you think so? And yeah, yeah, she didn't say that, but you know, yeah. She, how did he know this? Well, I would say this is a perfect example in Jesus' life of a word of knowledge. It wasn't something he had never met her before, but of course he was God. And so let's just, let's jump to the disciples. With each one of these gifts, that's been my goal, is to where do we see this in Jesus' life and where do we see it in the disciples' life? In the disciples' life, we see, we see this in um, uh, Acts chapter 16. In fact, will you, oh, excuse me, no, 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 Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5. Turn there with me, Acts chapter 5. This is, this is Ananias and Sapphira, and uh, this is one of those stories that you're just like, uh, uh, 
Yeah, well, we'll get into it some other time. But Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 5. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he, get, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to men, but to God. Whoa. What would you do if I had a word like that for you? To, like, hey, you know that offering? Uh-uh, that's not your 10%. No, I'm just joking. Um, but he, here, here's, what, I mean, that was, how did Peter know that? How did he know that? Other than it was the Holy Spirit that showed him that. This is, this is what, what you'd call this, um, this message of, of knowledge. It's, 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 um, it's something that you didn't know, you're, you, you weren't aware of. Um, but God, God shows it to you. You know, I, I remember um, one morning, it was six o'clock in the morning, and uh, I had such a burden to pray for an evangelist dude. He's a guy that we knew of. We've had him here in the past uh, years ago, but his name was Randy Ruiz. And I had such a burden to pray for Randy this morning. Six o'clock in the morning, just praying, 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 praying. Later on in the day, I text him, and maybe you've had this situation as well. I didn't know what was going on, but I had been given knowledge that Randy needed prayer from the Holy Spirit. So I just prayed. Randy, what's going on? I just, this morning I prayed for you. It was 6 o'clock, and just wanted you to know God laid you on my heart. Pray all is well. He texts me right back says, that's amazing. And he said, uh, and he, he said I, I took a red-eye flight into LaGuardia Airport in New York, New York City, and and as we were landing, right at that time, there was a horrible thunderstorm, lightning storm. We almost had to divert, but they said, no, we're going to land. And we landed right in the middle of that. It's amazing that God had you pray right in the middle of that. I thought, isn't that just like God? And it, it, won't all, it may, may not always be that dramatic, but there's going to be times when the Holy Spirit's going to give you knowledge about things. And, and you need to be ready to respond. And you need to be ready to, to receive it. I, I think about a, a time when someone, um, uh, one of our, our elders of our church, one of their kids, I knew somewhat the situation of where they were at. But man, I was sitting, it was like in the afternoon on a Saturday, as I remember. I was sitting in my living room and I so suddenly had a burden for this, for this kid one, of one of our elders and I sat there and I began to intercede. This doesn't happen all the time. You think, oh yeah, you're a pastor. You do that all the time. Well, I, I do pray, but it, this kind of stuff doesn't happen all the time. But I'm just telling you, it was just, you got to pray for this kid. And I'm praying and I'm interceding. I'm praying in the spirit, praying in my prayer language. I'm just going after it. And, and I, you know, I, all I knew was that, that there, was, there, was, um, there was something going on in, in this person's life, and I needed to intercede, and I did, and I see, even today, I see how the Lord's moved in that person's life, and I rejoice in that, all that kind of stuff, but this, this is what I'm saying, the next time something pops into your mind, and you're just like, oh, I wonder where that came from, I'll just go back to doing what I was doing, maybe the, maybe the better thing is this, maybe, the, no, I'm going to stop, and I'm not saying you've got to intercede for a half an hour, but at the very least, just as you do, God, I don't know why this is so strong in my heart, but I feel like I've got knowledge about a situation here that I didn't have before. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to intercede. 
Do you get this? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Now, I, some of my evangelical brothers and sisters, they dumb this down. They dumb down the, the spiritual gifts. And they'll say, this gift is really the ability to gain knowledge. So that's why if you enjoy college and university and getting degrees, then you must have the word or the message of knowledge. And I'm, and I'm just like, ah. I'm not saying you're not gifted. I'm not saying you're not gifted to retain knowledge. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying I don't think that's this. I think we're dumbing down the spiritual gifts. We're taking the supernatural out of it and just more of the natural gifting. No, this is a supernatural spiritual gift where any of us, I mean, you just think about parenting, how valuable this gift could be. <laughs> if, if you're just like, knowledge, I need some knowledge about what's going on here, God, like right now, because something is just, I'm missing something here. Holy Spirit, show me. And he will. Let's talk about one more. And that's distinguishing between spirits. Distinguishing between spirits. What, how do you define this? Check this out. Define is the ability to distinguish right from wrong, truth from error, the ability to discern whether such things as people, events, or beliefs are from God or from Satan. Hmm. Now that sounds kind of strong. <laughs> you know, a little church lady at the end there, Satan. I mean, yeah, yeah, but really, it's, it's uh, beliefs. Are, are they inspired? Are these thoughts inspired by God or inspired by the enemy, Satan? Now, let me just toss something out to you. Whoa. Let me toss something out to you. This isn't necessarily a gift of discernment. I think there may be a gift of discernment, but search through the whole Bible and you'll, you won't find the gift of discernment listed. I think discernment is something we all should have and uh, understand that. But this is distinguishing between spirits. What's the spirit behind this? I hear what the person's saying to me, but I'm sensing there's something else behind this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 from that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter, never, Lord. Let me tell you something about yourself, Lord. Here it goes. Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Ah, uh, hush. No, he didn't say hush. He said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. You're, you're a stumbling block to me. You don't, you don't have the things of God in mind here. The things that are, are the, the, the direction you're coming at me, this isn't influenced by God. This is influenced by the enemy. You have the things of men. Do you, do you see the difference there? No, no, this. He didn't say, uh, Peter, you're full of Satan. I'm gonna cast the demon out of you. No, he didn't say that. He said, this thought that you're having right now, I mean, it's just like some of you just think right now, how easy is it to get really worked up if you start looking at your retirement savings? <laughs> I mean, right now, especially of you that are even closer to retirement age or you're already retired. I, 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 I get it. It's really easy to get all anxious and nervous and maybe even have conversations with others is, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. And just go on and on and on and on. Let me ask you that. Who's inspiring those thoughts? Who's inspiring those thoughts? Is that a, a, a thought that's inspired by God or inspired by the enemy? And so, and so this, this is how you see this working. When Peter came and he said something that seemed kind of like, well, yeah, 
Jesus, we got you. You're our homeboy. You know, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're we're gonna guard you. We're not gonna let anyone take you down. And Jesus is like, oh, but listen, he distinguishes the spirit behind that. Is no, you're not. It sounds good, but it really isn't. Let me give you another for instance. Um, Acts chapter 16. If you want to turn there real quick, Acts chapter 16. While you're turning there, let me read First John 4 1 to you, dear friends. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let me just tell you, you and I, we need to be able to test the spirit of what people, not capital S, but lowercase s. What spirit are people teaching and preaching and talking out of? So, so when you get to Acts chapter 16... Oh, this is perfect. Verse, six, verse 16 to chapter 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept saying this for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and, and and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Now, let me tell you why this is humorous. Because I know church people well enough that there will always be a chunk of us that says, well, bless God, even the crazy lady's getting it. This is wonderful. Even the crazy lady sees that God's not moving. Did you see that? Even the crazy lady sees it. But, but, but yet there was discernment. The way she was saying it, the way she was doing it, must have been something that was interrupting what God was trying to do there. She was bringing attention to herself. These men are of the most high God. They're saving people. This is wonderful. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, who knows exactly how it all went down, but she must, she was acting out of a different spirit. I've seen this in church my whole life. Overall, I, I love the local church. Don't get me wrong. I love the local church. I believe Jesus expressed to the local church is the hope of the world. If there's no local church and Jesus in that local church, there's, there's no hope for the world. So I love the local church, but we need to be a discerning church. If we're going to be a Jesus-centered, spirit-filled church, we need to be able to distinguish the spirit behind what people are saying. There are times when people have come and said something to me, but the whole time the Holy Spirit is just kind of saying, eh, that's what they're saying out of their mouth, but they're saying this out of a rebellious spirit. They're saying this out of a hard heart. They're saying this all, happens all the time. And so we, God, wants to use us to, um, to, to, uh, to be able to discern what is the spirit and what's happening behind this. Just like we see in Jesus' life, just like we see here in, in the book of Acts. Personal observation and then we're done. On this gift itself... Let me just say something. People, um, especially in this community, grown up here, pastored in this community now for 22 years. We always want to think the best of others. You go to other com communities and cities and other places, they, they, they think the worst of you. <laughs> and then you've got to prove them otherwise. But I'm just telling you, one of the, I think in, in a sense, one of the hallmarks of this community is we try to think the best of you. We, this area, we want to think the best of you. People who want to think the best of others have a hard time moving in this gift. In some ways, this is a warning to you. Don't stop thinking the best of people, but don't let that overshadow your ability to discern and distinguish between the spirit that's happening behind what they're saying. 
Don't think you're being mean or judgmental and just ignore it because it could mean a whole lot of trouble for your kid, for your marriage, for your relationships, for your business, or for your job. Maybe you've been used in this gift before and you didn't even know it. But let me, let me just encourage you. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into you, speak through you, and to show you when, when the kid's saying something, when another person is saying something, or you're even listening to someone teach or preach, be it live, internet, on the television, whatever, let the Holy Spirit, they're saying this, but let the Holy Spirit help you discern what's really behind that, though. Mm, think about it. All right, let's conclude. Do you see how these, holy, these gifts could help us be a spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled family and a spirit-filled individual? So what tools do we have? Let me just hit these real quick. Look at these three tools. Um, I, want, I want all nine of these gifts to happen in my life. So how can I help, I don't know, help God use me in these gifts? Dive deeper into the word. Man, that's always the answer, Right? Two things. It's either the answer is in church is always Jesus or dive deeper in the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible more or Jesus. And here we've got dive deeper in the Word and be more like Jesus, but dive deeper into the Word. Dive deeper in the Word. Spend time in the Word of God. How can the, how can the Lord, I mean, just think about it. And if, if, if one of the ways that He's going to use these gifts is to give you a scripture to share with someone prophetically or to share with someone with a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, and there's got to be scripture. If we don't know the scripture, <laughs> I mean, God can do anything, but if we don't know the scripture, so that's why it's important. Know the scripture. Dive into the word. Um, ask for, for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'll talk about that in a second. Pray in the spirit. Pray in your prayer language. But let, let me just, let me conclude. In fact, can I just have a keyboard player come up? Can I just have a keyboard player? We'll, we'll just do this. But I, 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 want, I want you to see something real quick. John chapter 14. Look on the screen. Everybody look on the screen. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father. This is Jesus. And I'll ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be, he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is going to live in us. In us. You know what this is talking about? This is exactly what happens when you and I get saved. When you and I are born again, when you and I put our faith in Christ, we repent, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. I like to think of it as a pilot light in one of those old gas stoves. You know, the pilot light always stays on. Unless there's a big wind that comes to the kitchen, it might blow it out, and then you better light it real quick because the kitchen's going to end up smelling like gas. But there's, your pilot light's on. And it takes a whole, I mean, you are saved, you are born again. And the Holy Spirit is active in your life. He's in your life. How awesome is that? He's in you. Now, what I've been talking about pretty much since I came back from sabbatical in August is the book of Acts, move of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Um, John chapter, no, let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But you, 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 real quick. Who's the you? These are people, the disciples, Jesus had already breathed on them. They'd already been regenerated. They'd already been saved. The Holy Spirit flame was already inside of their hearts. You've heard me say this before. They were already alive in Christ. They were born again. But yet, 
You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem. On you. John chapter 14, in you, salvation. Acts chapter one, verse eight, on you. Let's keep following this. Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, look at this, verse three. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Um, You know what? Uh, Let me just read this for you real quick in Acts chapter eight. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard this, Mary had accepted the word of God. Um, They recited, they prayed for him, they received the Holy Spirit because the the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them in Acts chapter 8. How about in Acts chapter 10? Peter at Cornelius' house. While Peter was speaking those words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Acts chapter 19, the church of Ephesus. Um, when they placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Scott, you're annoying me. Why are you saying this? I want everyone to know in this place, there are two, well, there's, the Holy Spirit does a whole lot of stuff. Let me tell you, the major work is this, is when you repent of your sins and you give your life to him, look at the way it's worded in scripture. The Holy Spirit comes in you, comes in you. You're born again, you're saved. Pilot light comes on, comes on. But then Jesus said, Acts chapter one, verse eight, wait, 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 don't go any further because I want to send the Holy Spirit to come on you, on you, on you, on you. This is called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. This is called being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's different languages of it, but it all is about the Holy Spirit coming on you. Let me ask you something. Have you ever received that? Have you ever been baptized? Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit came on you, empowered you? Because I'm telling you, he wants to do that in you. And he wants to fill you. He wants to fill you up to overflowing.